Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our Dimensions of Wellness podcast series, where we talk about the eight dimensions of wellness and how they can help lead to a balanced and empowered lifestyle. This is your host, Max Hyams, and I am a nephrology medical science liaison here at Otsuka Pharmaceuticals. In today's episode, we will be delving into the fifth dimension of wellness, the environmental dimension. And our featured guest for this important conversation is none other than Dr. Deborah Hain. Dr. Hain, thank you for joining us. Now, before we get started, we may have some new listeners that could be unfamiliar with your work. So would you please do the honors and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your path in the nephrology world? Thank you, Max. I'm very grateful to be working with Nephew and doing this podcast. I have been a nephrology nurse since about 1985, working first in chronic dialysis, and then in the early 90s, starting an acute dialysis program for Cleveland Clinic in Florida. And I became a nurse practitioner in 2002, and I, at that time, became an NP at Cleveland Clinic uh, in Florida, and um, worked there for over 20 years as a nurse practitioner, rounding mainly on patients with on dialysis, doing CK, seeing those with CKD, and doing CKD education. I have. I am currently a full professor, tenured professor at Florida Atlantic University and Christine Elin College of Nursing. I'm also the DNP program director. I recently, last year, got my psych mental health nurse practitioner uh, degree, so I'm currently seeing patients for mental health as well. So my f- practice focus is CKD and those with mental health uh, issues. My research is focused on uh, disparities in, in people in rural communities that have a risk of kidney disease, as well as working with uh, individuals in Vietnam and in Thailand and Guatemala to do research with people with kidney disease and also in Thailand with mental health uh, conditions. I have uh, been in nephrology for many years. As you can see, I'm a certified as a nephrology nurse practitioner, and I'm very active in the American Nephrology Nurses Association, having been the past president of the South Florida Flamingo chapter. I'm very excited to be here and very passionate about promoting health and addressing disparities and, and social determinants of health and, and people at risk of kidney disease and those with kidney disease. So thank you. No, thank you. As as our audience just heard from your your treasure trove of experience, this is going to be a great conversation, and I think you have you're going to have a lot of unique points, um, especially around those underserved populations, to talk about this dimension of wellness that we're about to get into. So uh, let's kick it right off, and I think I'd love to know um, in your experience what you think environmental wellness means in the nephrology community. Well, first, I want to tell everyone what the definition of environmental wellness is. It's having that good health by occupying pleasant, simulating environments that support well-being. And we often look at quality of life, but well-being is a much broader uh, term and, and concept and really looking at more than just qual- uh, quality of, of life. It, it Environmental wellness promotes interaction with nature, also creating enjoyable personal environment, both in and out of your workspace. And it does affect our patient population. The National Institutes of Health have an environmental wellness toolkit that further explains environmental wellness as what surrounds you each day in your home, work, neighborhood, and the resources available that can affect your health. You can't always choose what environment you live in, work, or play, but taking small steps to make your environment safer, 
and limiting your exposure to potential harmful substances can actually help keep you healthier. Nephrology professionals should consider how they contribute towards sustainable developmental goal, development goals sorry, in our patient care, in our research efforts, and in education. The goal should focus on ending poverty and other deprivations, improving health and education, reducing inequities, inequality, and developing ways to enhance economic growth, as well as focusing on policy related to human-induced climate change. The interaction between the changing environment and health is really bi-directional. Climate change and pollution can lead through various pathways to undernutrition, mental illness, cancer, cardiovascular disease, kidney disease, and respiratory disease, as well as infectious disease. Healthcare professionals providing care in environments with individuals living with CKD are often guilty of contributing to the car carbon uh, footprint that affects the climate. A 2019 report estimated that on average, 4.4% of global carbon footprint is produced by healthcare sector. The, it really, the contribution is due to the use of uh, waste, uh, water and energy, production, transportation, use and disposal of medications and other medical consumables. Just think of how much water we use in a dialysis center uh, and what we do in, these in a dialysis center and how much waste we have. We really have the ethical duty to move towards a more sustainable healthcare environment. This goes beyond the work environment to include our personal contributions as well. Blankenstein, uh, in a review article in 2021 that appeared in Nature Review's Nephrology, reported that there are key actions to sustainable environment in nephrology. And these include the focus on resilience, how to adapt, and then also how to reduce those detrimental effects of the changing environment on health. It is important to learn more about underlying detrimental effects of climate change and pollution and health and what can be done to counteract these. We really need to educate other professionals about the importance of environmental wellness and what can be done to address this. Collaboration between nephrology services and manufacturers and supplies of medical equipment and other services is really important. We need to discover ways to advance green initiatives. As healthcare professionals, we should take responsibility, speak up, change policy by advocating for a change in our environment aimed at reducing our carbon footprint. We need system level changes that integrate factors related to our changing environment and pollution that can affect the health of our patients. You know, we know there are eight dimensions of wellness the emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, environment, financial, and occupational and social. And that these are not separate, even though we're talking about one right now, they're really interconnected. Environmental wellness is when we feel physically safe, have access to clean air, water, and food, and have safe, clean and safe environment. Currently, I'm not only providing care to individuals with kidney disease, but also, also those with psychological disorders. I volunteer in a free clinic, and I see individuals who are homeless, have chronic disease, and mental illness. We have to consider how safe are their environments. How about their wellness? How about their well-being? I want you to consider how they take their medications. Do they have access to clean water, food? There are shelters and other facilities that serve these populations, but they have limited room and tend to have long waiting lists. Consider your patients who are homeless and have CKD. Do you, do you really think about them as being non-adherent because they don't take their medications? 
or if you consider that their environment is not safe and they have no safe place to keep their medications. As a kidney community, we all need to work together to find solutions for those with low resources, such as individuals who are homeless, under the poverty level, have violence in their home or outside their home. I had a patient that was labeled non-adherent when she, when in fact she lived in a very unsafe neighborhood and had limited access to resources. Her boyfriend was murdered in front of her house. So you can't imagine that where she's going to be following what we tell her to do when she's got the stress of living in this environment. If we don't engage in non-judgmental dialogue, we will miss opportunity to support our patients who struggle living in environments that don't promote wellness, that are not safe. We really need to think about this as we consider environmental wellness. Yeah, those are those are awesome, fantastic anecdotes that you have. A lot of experience I know that you have in nephrology, so you really get to see how that environmental wellness really plays a part in that community. Um, so especially with all of your experience, are there any other um, stories or anecdotes that you have where you've seen the environmental um, dimension of wellness really have an effect and the interplays between the physical, occupational, or social wellness dimensions? If, if we think about everyday life for our patient population, we know that sleep is such an important thing. And for patients that are on dialysis, we know sleep is also challenging for many of them as we try to find the best way to promote sleep. And I don't know if people are aware that pollution can affect sleep and the lack of sleep can affect our physical wellness. So there, it's, everything we do can affect that physical. They all are interconnected, as you said before. So for example, anyone who works in a dialysis center knows it can be a noisy place, alarms going off and other things, even music playing sometimes that can affect occupational wellness. So as you're working and there's all these activity going on, what does it affect you in the end of the day? And how does it affect your patient population? How is that lighting? How is that in that center? Is it affecting your, uh, your day? Is it possible to change the lighting or have soft music available? What about the waiting room? Just think about a waiting room in a dialysis center. A lot of activity. Could we change the ambiance, make the lighting different, make it a more peaceful, holistic environment? Perhaps we should really consider the environment in that dialysis center and how we could really change that. This might be an opportunity for someone to do a quality improvement project. It could be the staff or someone going to school to think about how we could change that environmental, I mean, that environment to promote environmental wellness. Consider urban, rural, low resource living areas that may not have parks, recreation centers, affordable grocery stores. They may have lack of opportunities to socialize, which can also impact our social wellness. In a rural area in Florida where I do my research, there's a lack of affordable grocery stores and healthy food options. And there's not a lot of part, even though it's a rural area, a lot of it is used by industry for sugarcane, for fishing, for other things in the environment. And this is their livelihood. We have people at, at, at our university who are doing work on the environment and the effect of, the, of Lake Okeechobee and, and people eating the fish out of that lake. 
well, if you're going to interrupt, okay, this is great to think about their wellness, but what about their, their livelihood, their financial status? This is their life. This is how they make their living. Even though burning sugar cane is not a great idea and breathing that in is not good for respiratory. Think about how, what that means to the livelihood. I told you earlier, financial stress can lead to physical, poor physical health. So, so how do we address those things while working with the community? There are, when you're telling your patient to eat healthy and the only place available are fast food restaurants, how can they eat those things? So when we think about the environment and what we tell our patients or how we take care of ourselves, what is, what is there to promote wellness, environmental wellness? There are eight ways to improve environmental wellness, which include re reducing uh, and re reuse, recycle, Try walking, use a bike or public transportation. However, what if the person has limited funds to get a bike or has limited access to public transportation? For example, I there are people in this rural area that have to see, they don't have great medical care. And so to see a nephrologist, they may have to travel 45 minutes one way, 45 minutes back on public transportation. But that doesn't include how long they wait for the transportation, how they even get to the transportation, how the site to get it, and how long they wait in that office. How much is that burden on that person experiencing that? Many of our patients have physical limitations that may impact their, their physical, emotional, psychological, and social wellness. Other things like turning off lights and devices when not using them, be outdoors. Being outdoors might be challenging for some of our patients, especially in areas if the weather, extreme weathers, for example, Florida being hot and humid in the summer and the winter and other areas of the country. How do we get our patients fresh air? How do we get our how do we get fresh air? One thing that always bothered me when I was a dialysis nurse is that when we arrived in the morning, it was dark. And at the end of the day, it was dark. We had no windows in our facility. And there are still, even those I rounded on to see patients, there were some that didn't have windows. Having a dialysis facility that has windows so we can see daylight can be helpful. But I strongly recommend that people take a few minutes out of their busy day to walk outside and take a break from that busy dialysis center. It'll help your well-being. We've gone to Guatemala and I have students, they'll say, I'm not taking a break. I said, I don't care if you, he said, I'm not hungry. I said, I don't care if you eat, you need a break. We all need a break. We need to think of our mental well-being. We need to take a break for a few minutes and it's good to walk outside if you can. We should consider how we support local gardens, farmers, markets. Partner with these community leaders is one way to, in, to engage in discussions about environmental wellness and what strategies can be done to advocate for change. We need to be humble when we go into these communities and have respect as we work together to address environmental wellness. Keeping your home and workspace free of clutter, using natural light and fresh air when possible. Having maybe put in that in that waiting room live plants, put some plants there, change the lighting, make it a very very welcoming environment. You know, we really need to, and the last thing, <clears throat> excuse me, is to consider voting for individuals who advocate for that environment. Nigel all the 2021 proposed the concept that there's a feedback mechanism between climate change. If you have, there are excessive burdens when that are associated with that increased use of healthcare services and accelerated greenhouse emissions that increase global temperatures. They suggest the principal pathway may be characterizing indirect and direct mechanisms 
Some direct risks are due to extreme weather events and and storms that we've had. Just think of all the, the weather changes we've had today. I was listening to the news and they were talking about all this flooding in the Northeast. What about the hurricanes we've had? All these extreme weather, you know, is that part of climate change? Is that something we can affect? And then the, there are others consider how we have the the how climate change affects our human health. How how we look at social how it can affect our socioeconomic status issues, our status. So when we think about this, we really want to think about our patients, ourselves, because we're we need to take care as a nephrology community not only care for our, the the people with kidney disease, but for ourselves, because if we don't take care of ourselves and promote environmental wellness, how are we going to really care for those that are most vulnerable? And really considering those patients that, where do they live? Where What kind of environment are they in? What kind of environment are they coming to in the dialysis center? Or those with CKD that are not on dialysis yet? How about transplant? Those that have a transplant. What happens after that? What kind of environment are they in? And how do we, as a kidney community, promote environmental wellness that will affect their physical, their mental health, their social uh, wellness. How do we do this? How do we encourage socialization? I had a patient, an older person, I know we're really focusing on home therapies, but sometimes in older adults, they would prefer to be in the dialysis center, the in-center, because they socialize and they don't have any socialization anywhere else. So I had a patient who would come in, he had uh, mild dementia, and he would come in and say hi to everybody in every seat before he got to his. And he would socialize in that waiting room. And one of the reasons he chose in-center dialysis because he hemodialysis is because he was able to socialize with others. So if we're going to promote home therapies, how do we enhance those socialization for those that don't have that? How do we do that with them? And so those are things we need to consider. Do we establish other programs? Do we have somehow that that person, we have access to um, the world through the, the internet. So can we do it that way? Can we provide some type of form that they can have a, a, a support group that they communicate with each other? So we really need to think of these things, think outside the box, out of the normal routine, and really how can we make a difference? How could this be researched? Or how could we do a quality improvement project to see what could be done to improve the environment in our in our world? Yeah, wow, thank you. That was a lot of great information. And I think it's important to remember that even though we're just talking, this podcast is specifically on that environmental dimension, there is such an overlap between the environmental dimension and all the other eight dimensions of wellness. You know, they're all very much intertwined, as you, every, our listeners will learn over the course of these podcast series. Um, now, before we wrap up our conversation, um, I know we all come from different walks of life and we have a very diverse audience, but are there any things that you do in your personal life to improve your own environmental wellness that you'd mind sharing with our audience? Absolutely. One thing I, I really try to take care of self, I work at a university that we promote wellness. We are we have um, many avenues for that. And we really what we try to do is number one is physical activity. So exercise, which is something we can also promote with our patients and ourselves to take that time. I eat healthy. I uh, try very hard to 
to have mental health that I take and I, I meditate on a daily basis. I work real, and it's not always easy, but when you get into the habit of it, so when I talk, I don't say actually, I don't like to say exercise, I say physical activity. So even going for a walk on a daily basis or three times a week is 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 going to help you knowing what you can and cannot do. And I have some friends of mine that are type A personality and they're always stressed. They're, they're perfectionists. I know to let things go. We can't change the past. We can only change the future and today. So it's important to learn from the past, but not live in the past. So some people say, well, I should have, could have done. It's very important to not do that. So your mental health is very, is, 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 is really important because it affects your physical health. Stress is one of the major causes of disease. So we've got to stop and think. And if you need help, if, if you're feeling depressed or feel like overwhelmed, find someone to talk to. You know, there are many of the patients that I see, I do therapy, even though um, I'm not a therapist, I've been trained to do it. And they just need someone they can talk to sometimes. And so and make that connection with someone who you trust. And and it's so important that we care for self because we cannot, I truly believe cannot care for our patients without caring for ourselves first. So I make that an effort. And I really, to me, find out what's most important to you and do that. So my most important thing is my family, my grandchildren. So I go back and forth from Florida to Utah because my grandchildren live in Utah and I make sure that I'm here some of the time because that's my happy place. That's my thing. That's where I really feel the best is when I'm with my grandchildren and I know they grow up fast and I don't want to lose that opportunity. So uh, finding that time, finding that, making sure you do it because we can always find the time and I, and not making excuses, but do what's most important to you and really take care of yourself. And that's what I focus on on a regular basis. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you very much for that personal touch. I think that's, that's all advice. I think a lot of us can implement in our daily lives to really try and improve our own uh, environmental wellness. So with that, so important. Yeah. And always yeah. make it feel like you're thinking of the, that carbon footprint that you're leaving and, and, and really thinking about, you know, recycling, making sure that we turn off lights, that we, we turn off our devices things like that really really think about climate because in the environment wellness is really looking at how our environment promotes health so having that peace and quiet in your home if that's important to you listening to music things like that so really thinking about what's in your environment what could you change to promote health yeah precisely that's that's a great great point to end on so those have all been fantastic insights. And thank you, Dr. Hain, for giving us your time and speaking on this important topic. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. And we hope you had some fun and learned something new during our fifth episode of this series. These podcasts are also available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. So be sure to like and subscribe to the Nephew podcast channel on whichever platform you use. And with that, thank you all again, and we look forward to seeing you on the next edition of our Dimensions of Wellness podcast. <music>